A very good morning to you, and thank you so much for having us on. This is Sia Writer on Untapped Talent, only on cliffcentral.com. Wow, another week has rolled by, which means another hour you and I get to spend together. We, we get to talk, and I get to share these inspiring and motivating stories of people, you know, all over the world. And also I have my prized guests in studios. We talk about, you know, I always think it's important to highlight those talented people, those people who are making waves. Yes, we look at the Beyonce's and we feel self conscious and we have no self-esteem after that but i like to talk to these people one-on-one i get to find out what really gets them going and how awesome it is with all of their great successes so let's get this show on the way i'll be with you for the next hour until 10 o'clock but let's start with our very first guest he is my goodness i'm telling you now i feel privileged because he will be the usain bolt mark my words his name is Akani Simben. He's 21 years old from South Africa. And he started athletics at a very young age. And he's now the second overall in South Africa. And the very first in the under 23 category. Wow. Akani, good morning. Welcome to Untapped Talent. Good morning. See, how are you? This is, I'm good, hey. This is very, very impressive. I just want to start off by congratulating you on everything you've done so far. How do you feel? With Do you take it to heart or do you just see it as a step to reaching everything else you've wanted to achieve? Um, for me, I see it as like a stepping stone to greater heights because there's more that I want to accomplish than what I've already accomplished. Yeah. Like going to Worlds, winning a medal, going to Rio. That's like the big goal. Yeah. And, you know, getting a medal there, if possible. Just going to Olympics is an accomplishment on its own. Okay, so let's start off and backtrack. You started off... Your interest in athletics, when did that sort of, how old were you? Um, well, I've always been running, but it got to a point where I had to choose between soccer and athletics. And I was in So you're school. always like a fit and active child? <clears throat> yeah. I was always playing sports since primary school. Okay. And, um, but I used to play soccer mostly and then athletics was just that extra thing I had to do. Yeah. Until I got to grade 10 where I had to choose between soccer and athletics and then i just took the athletics and it's been great since then yikes so when did you grow up in an atmosphere that encouraged this or did you see athletics as this far off thing or did it just generally interest you um for me i grew up mostly soccer oriented Mm -hmm. and then athletics was just there so it wasn't a thing of oh i really like athletics i really like athletics just Athletics was just there. Yeah. Yeah. Did Was there a particular person who inspired you to go into athletics or? I was, ex- I was inspired by, um, he's an athlete, he's a Jamaican athlete, uh, Asafa Powell. Okay. Yeah. Cause when I started looking into athletics, he was one of the fastest guys in the world and he was the world record holder at that time. Yeah. And then I was like, no man, I want to be like this guy. I want to run fast like him and I want to beat him. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all good and well, literally, and I know this sounds so corny, but but you have to take that first step as an athlete and you start running in whatever fear, sphere or industry you're in, you have to take that first step. So for you to go, okay, cool, I want to be an athlete, to now let's get that into practice. How was that getting into the routine, start pr- starting to practice, attending meets? Getting into routine was difficult because, like, I wasn't used to the intensity of the trainings. Like, I remember my first training session with my coach and I literally died because <laughs> <laughs> I remember like being on the floor after two reps of 60 meter sprints and yeah. I was on the floor saying no ways I can't do this but then I found myself the next day going there going back training and it just became routine I just go there every day I train I train I train but then my first year was very difficult okay so what do what does training encompass like for an athlete starting out what do you have to do? Do you have to change your diets? How many times a day do you have to train? Um, well, you have to change your diet because if you don't change your diet and you just eat like fast foods and stuff, you're not going to get the right like nutrients and stuff yeah. so that you can train at your best level. So what does that mean? Do you like snack on lettuce? or? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I don't know this, okay? <laughs> nah, you'll probably snack on like peanuts and biltong and then eat. Like your normal three meals, yeah, it must be full meals, and then have like a shake here and there. But then you gotta eat fruits. I eat a lot of fruits. I yeah. eat a lot of apples. 
This is getting very interesting. And by the way, if you want to join in on the, on the conversation, yeah, our Twitter account is at cliffcentral.com. Our official account on WeChat where you can send us messages to your screen is cliffcentral or else you can also call 0861 So I'm talking to Akani. He is an athlete legend in the making. It's absolutely awesome having you in studio. So let's go back to talking about your, the whole, you know, routine. And I always say, and I, people would resonate in the fact that like, for example, trying to diet it's one thing to have the willpower for yourself but when you're surrounded by people who always say hey listen let's go to mcd's for lunch you know it's that needs some extra willpower so how was it for you was your family supportive how were your friends accommodative well okay with my family my family normally eats they eat healthy okay they always eat healthy so it wasn't a big change for me to say okay now i've got to start eating healthy every day and all but it doesn't mean that I stop eating junk food, you know, because I do have that that random. Let me go to McDonald's yeah. and buy a McFlurry, or let me go to McDonald's and buy. Make us feel good. How many times <laughs> do you relapse? For normal folk, it's McDonald's three <laughs> times a day. For Akani, how many times do you relapse? Um, once or twice a week. Okay. I had KFC last night. Oh, so okay. Do you go like full on, just scoff it all down? Yeah, good. Okay, so he's human. <laughs> so he is human. That's fantastic. Yeah. All right. So now thus far, how have you found your career? What have been the hiccups in the road that you found, and how is the athletics industry as a whole in South Africa? Um, hiccups would be like getting injured. I got injured this year. At the, like close to the end of the season and stopped me from going to the Continental Cup. What happened? I tore my hamstring at the F, at Africa Champs. Yeah. You see, this is what I hate about being an athlete. They use like all these aggressive terms as well, like tear. I don't want, I have two legs and two arms. I don't want to be tearing, breaking, popping, nothing. <laughs> like nothing at all. Okay. So does that take you off for like how long? Yeah. Um, since August, like mid August, I've been out. Can't run. I only started jogging this week. Yikes. So I've been out for a couple of months now. Is it true that as an athlete, you can like insure your legs or something? If you get to the point where you're like Usain Bolt, <laughs> yes, of course you can. <laughs> how, do you know like how much he's insured his legs? I don't know, but it's a lot of money. Yeah. It's a whole lot of money. Okay. So it's since I'm like on radio, can I like insure my neck or like my vocal cords <laughs> or something? I want to feel special too. Okay. I don't know about that. Yeah. So, it's, but now you, you're currently at UP. Is it UP yes. or Tux? I, I never know these it's things. It's the same thing. Tux of Nooks. That's all. I, that's what I always hear. Yeah. And did you find a shift from being a high school athlete to now being in, univer- in university? Like, is the pressure more intense? Is it? It's more pressure because now you're going into the part where you're trying to look at athletics as a career and going into it as a profession. Yeah. And with high school, you're just doing it because, yo, I want to be faster than the guys from the other schools and stuff. Oh, was that your motivation in high yeah. school? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to beat the other guys in school. Was it, did you, did you break any records in high school? Cause I'm sure that like. Our school was in a weird league. So we didn't have records. We just ran. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, okay, for the fun of it, passion yeah. type of vibe. Okay, so now going into university and where you currently are, what do you have your eyes set on? Well, I want to get my degree. What are you currently studying? Uh, information science. Yikes, oh, wow, okay, okay, uh-huh. Yeah, I want to get my degree and then get that out of the way, then just run for as long as I can then retire and see what I do then. What is the average, like, career for an athlete like how long does that span it spans more like to like 10 to 12 years okay yeah from like your 20s and then if you're lucky you can go into like 35 yeah and then there's a few people there's a few that go to like 40s and stuff really yeah there's like one guy kim collins he's a sprinter he just he's broke. a sprinter and in his 40s and he's still competing yeah, like, i think late 30s going to 40s and he's still a sprinter that's impressive yeah. that's very impressive and so with akani Competing in the world stage, how how have you fared? Does that intimidate you? Like, are you just ready to take everything on? Well, last year I was intimidated because it was world champs, and you know, likes Usain Bolt were there, and all these guys were there, and 
I was like, yo, no ways. <laughs> these guys are on another level. I'm just. It's one thing to look up to these people, and now you're in literally like the same track as them. Yeah, I'm on the same track. I'm on the same warm up track. I'm in the same hotel as them. I see them, and I'm like, no ways. Shucks. I'm, I'm on this. I'm there, but they're still faster than me. And then this year was when my mindset changed, and I was like, no, man. If I can get to that level and get to the same competition as them, I've got to see myself at the same level as they are. That's yeah. the only way I can improve, and that's the only way you can improve as an athlete. Because if you belittle yourself and you look down on yourself, then you won't improve. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So you're ready to just take everything on. So athletics, what does that encompass? That's just running track? Yeah. Does that also include like hurdles or... It's running track, uh, it's field events like the long jump, the high jump, the shot put. That's athletics. Okay. Yeah. And you compete in like all of that? No. Oh, really? Sure. <laughs> you competed in the 100 meters event at the world championships, yes, right? Compete, last year. Okay. Competed at the 100, with the 100 and la- this year was 100 and 200 at Commonwealth. Right now, as you're, you know, yes, you started jogging and you're ready to carry on. Who, when you go back to the world championships, because now I'm speaking into existence, I'm not even going to say if you qualify, when you go back, yeah. okay, who is like your main competition? Like, when I, one day is one day, I'll beat you and that'll be it. Okay, like in South Africa, I've got like personal rivalry with two guys, um, Wade Fanikak and Simon Mahakwe. Okay. Like Wade in the 200, because I've never beaten him in the 200. Yeah. And then um, Simon, it's 100 meters because he's the SA record holder. Ooh. Yeah. This year, that's when he broke the 10, broke the 10 barrier. And I was in that race and I just missed it. And I went 10.02 and he went 9.98. <laughs> but then how does how does that influence you? Like, does it, do you feel despondency carry on? How do you deal with loss or not achieving exactly what you wanted? I just see it as an opportunity to go back to training and getting better because... If I like get discouraged by losing, then I'm not gonna achieve the goals that I want to achieve in athletics. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So th- here's the thing that I always want to know. Chad Leclo, he was he is a swimmer, very talented guy, very humble guy as well. And he always said, you know, in swimming, my hero is Michael Phelps. Mm-hmm. And there he was in 2012 racing against Michael Phelps and beat him as well. Do you also see like even, you know, looking at, uh, what's his name? Asa, uh, Asafa? Asafa Pal. Yeah. Do you also go like, you know, it's, he's cool in Alice, but one day I want to beat him as well. Yeah. Um, this year I ran against him in one of the meets in Europe. Wow. How was that? It was crazy. It was really awesome. <laughs> Cause I've been like, yo, I've been looking up to this guy and he's right here. Cause it's, a, yeah, that's like, I could, I, can only imagine it's a weird complex of your hero and now he's a competitor yeah so it's a thing of you know just taking it when it comes yeah because you can't rush these things these things come in time huh a funny yeah hey you you're uh, you're honestly an amazing guy so listen let's talk 10 12 years from now once the career has died down what do you want to do from there well hopefully I don't want to go work in an office. No, is that, <laughs> is that a big no-no? Like, you don't even just see yourself anywhere there. I don't want to work in an office, but if I have to, then I will. But hopefully when I retire, I can go into, you know, just doing something in sport. Yeah. But not working in an office. Okay, so the 9 to 5, college shirts and tie, oh. behind the desk, ain't for you. No, I can't do that. But you know what? Let's focus on the here and now. <laughs> You're an awesome athlete and you've done Thank some you. amazing things. And you know what? Congratulations and all the best for you in the future. Thank you very much. No, you're absolutely awesome. Thank you so much for stopping by this morning, Harry. Yeah, it's a pleasure. This is Untapped Talent right here on cliffcentral.com with myself, Sia. We just spoke to Agani Simbeni. Listen, this is a name to remember. I'm telling you right now. The best of luck for him. And this is Untapped Talent. More of the good stuff. Cliffcentral.com. Wait a minute. 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 Wait a minute
nothing on that beat. In the party, in the party, till you see me in the party. Pull up in the Maserati, it's the same color coffee. Lead down, hit the lobby, ride it like a Kawasaki. Got a sipping on the socket, trying to pull it out the socket. Uh, pull the hell like it's tug of war. Do not do start sign on the door, need to record. So I got a camcorder, I'm playing Pandora, might break out a order. Fresh kicks, fresh cut, about to roll out. Pull up on the scene, pull a roll out. Shorty in the nipple print shirt, and she happy to see me all. Is it cold out? I got chicks in my section. I got drinks in my section. So much diamonds in my necklace. I think I'm gonna need protection. Go ahead, girl, twerk it all on me. I need for you to work it all on me. We ain't leaving till the sun come up, baby. Came to do this all night long. Party in a party till I get up in the party. If I leave them in the club, I take it straight back to the lobby. The shorty with the booty dancing like she wanna do me. Turn around and she bad damn right, I let her do it. Turn around, girl, let me see you do it. Turn around, girl, let me see you do it. Turn around, girl, let me see you do it. If you bad, turn around, girl, let me see you do it. Girl, you look sexy with your clothes on. in there be smelling like you.
www.cliffcentral.com. Unzap talent right here on cliffcentral.com. So I love this, getting to talk, getting to know all these different people. And I have these rock stars in the studio joining me now. They say their lives are all about sex, drugs, and rock and roll without the sex, without the drugs. Just a bit of rock and roll. Yeah, you want to talk. Okay. <laughs> hey, listen, I throw the comments here, okay? It's my show. You're the guest. <laughs> no one <Anyway>. minus. <laughs> they go by the name of Cherry Cabs. So good morning to Danny, Dean, uh, Calvin, and Dalton. Morning. Good morning. How are you guys? Good. Thanks for having us. Yo, you've, you've got the power. By the way, that was their song, their very own song. It's titled We've Got the Power. You guys are making quite a name of yourselves as Cherry Cab with We've Got the Power and Head Over Heel. So congratulations and kudos to you guys, hey? Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Okay, so let's get who's who. Um, lead guitarist. That's me, Danny. There we go. All right. Then we have um, Dean on drums. That's me, yes. Fantastic. I know that. Um, and then who else? Calvin, you do backing guitar? Yeah, backing guitar, lead vocals. Okay. And I'm the songwriter. Fantastic. Okay, wait. wait. By the way, we have brothers, right? Correct. Yeah, bass and guitar, Danny and Dalton. There's so much to get to talk to you guys about. All right, let's backtrack way, way, way back. You guys, as Cherry Cab, have been doing this for a year, but how did you guys actually come together? Well, we, we got together in 2008 originally. We were studying music together at uh, Damlin Bramley, and we met, Danny and I met first, and uh, Dalton joined us a year later, and uh, we, we started performing for quite a few years, just jamming, and we kind of took a break for a little while. Okay. I was focusing more on you know the cover scene and barnyard and that kind of thing. Um, then Dean joined us a year after that, and we were just focusing on rehearsing and writing writing the music. And then uh, yeah, last year May we, we released our first single, Head Over Heels, which did really well both locally and internationally on radio. And yeah, since then it's been it's been going strong. Eh? Wow. Okay, so they always say never go into business with your friends. Does that same rule apply into music or whoever has a creative mind works? Well, I, I actually think um, the the best is to be in, in, in a band with your friends. Although the band is a business as well, yeah. it actually works better with friends than with just random business colleagues. Have an airtight contract and then you can't go wrong. Exactly, exactly. Because <laughs> it's a whole new different dynamics. It's not like you guys see each other from nine to five. You write songs together, you're in each other's spaces, you travel together, you have to share some small spaces sometimes. It's a lot. Does it get intense? I think if one can just get over egos and, you know, that sort of thing and just get get rid of pride and whatnot and just enjoy it. So there's no yeah. one who says, like, no, I'm the Bono in this U2. So that, like, that's yeah. me. Okay. I'll, I'm the Bono in this U2. See, and I just sit back and let him think he is. <laughs> that, that, and he's so humble, hey? So modest as well. That's that's wonderful, Danny. He's really. Guitarist, so, you know, the attitude, it's, it stinks. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the South African music industry scene. You know, did it dis- deter you a bit to go, ah, uh, which playing for a South African crowd, there might be bumps on the road. How will they actually receive us, and how have they actually received you guys? Well, our main goal focus was was releasing singles and getting as much radio play as possible. Okay. So we focused purely on getting our songs out first. Before we even did our first show, we had our first single do really well, um, and that got gained momentum for us. Yeah. Uh, so we, we only performed our first show, I think, it, we, September last year. We did uh, released a single in May, and we did our first show as a band, in, in September. So our main focus is, is doing, you know, quality shows, less is more. Yeah. And, and say radio, especially in South Africa, trying to get as much radio play as possible. So that's very interesting that you guys also are very business minded about things because you have a lot of people. Yes, they are artistic. Then they call themselves creatives and they sit and they write music or they paint. And at the end of the day, it is a business and yeah. you have to make money and you have to think like this. So how do you guys actually combine collectively together and think about the business side of your music? Well, I, I run, I've got a company called Allstone Entertainment. So okay. we've basically got our own record company that, that deals with the business side of things. So as a band, we can just focus on, on the music and then we leave the business side to, to the company to deal with the whole booking and the admin and that kind of thing when it comes to finances. And Which is basically Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> and that, okay, so that we take, see who the brains Bridget, are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that takes a lot of stress off, off the band. You know, one doesn't have to worry about that, which is quite nice. We can just worry about the rehearsals, yeah. the shows, we don't have to worry about booking, about talking to anybody to get, you know, money for 
gigs or whatever. We just have to worry about the show, which is quite nice and quite comfortable. Yeah. At the end of the day, you just solely do what you like to do. Yeah. That's it. We've been offered record deals. A few companies have offered us deals, which we I decided to turn down. I just felt that really? it wasn't. Yeah, absolutely. The the percentage-wise, getting offered eight percent and controlling your songs for the next five years with an option of another five years on top of it. You know, that one whole control your songs own you completely for up to ten years. Um, I just think in this industry, you don't need to have a record company anymore. You can do yeah. it independently. You've got iTunes. You've got YouTube. Um, and at the day, people aren't buying albums anymore. You know, so you've got your singles on, on iTunes, and you can go on your phone, download the song you want, and you know the band gets 100% of the profits. So, you know, it's it's because that's quite a complex thing, hey. Because you hear all these stories about an artist who does really, really well, commercially su- successful. Oh, successive. What's going on today? <laughs> commercially successful. And then a few years later, you hear that they broke or they don't own royalties. or they'd... It's unbelievable. I mean, it's massive names that that happens to. Exactly. Yeah. So what? where does that leave the music business as a whole? Do you think the role of record companies will slow down, will become redundant? Do you think artists are now empowered to hold their own? I think I think um, artists and bands and stuff are becoming more business savvy. Yeah. I mean, you check it the whole time. They're talking about it. And I don't know where it's going, but the guys are getting more clued up. That's for sure. And especially but with the internet the way it is today. Um, yeah, so I much mean, you information. Can, you can do everything yourself, really. Yeah. yeah. So, like, by the way, we've seen this whole trend of now artists actually just releasing um, the body of music just solely on iTunes. You know, Beyonce has done it. Um, Kid Cudi has done it with no adverts, no management, nobody punting and no promotion. Do you think we're now actually going back to being interested in music? No costume changes or lights or if you have a wonderful promoter, but it's just all about the music. I think so. It's about the song at the end of the day. Mm. It doesn't matter how, how, how flashy you are. I mean, look at some people, Adele, for instance. Yeah. That chick, that new chick that sings all about the bass. What's it? Uh, Megan Trainer. There we go. I mean, you know, you listen to a great song and you see it. She has like, no oh. bass. <laughs> or treble. I, I no. think, yeah, at the end of the day, it's about, it's about the song. It doesn't matter how. We always say, you know, you can be the greatest musicians in the world. Um, but at the end of the day, if you don't have a good song, you, you know where, you know? Yeah. So, because, you know, the truth of the matter, while we're still based in South Africa, the South African audience is very diverse and very different in their own ways. We all are receptive to different things. And that's why I'm always very intrigued by South African artists. Because it's not like you're playing to one market and you know if you talk about this, they'll relate. Or if you talk about that, they'll relate. It's all about a whole different thing, a whole bunch of different things and trying to relate to different audiences. How has that been working out for you guys? Well... You see, that's the problem. The South African market, the, the sort of English contemporary market in South Africa is very small. You know, yeah. if you're doing uh, Afrikaans music, for instance, you've got a, you've got a the strong… Afrikaans triffers. Yeah, yeah that, that's it. So you have to kind of, at the end of the day, we th- we, are we always thinking about radio at the end of the day, trying to have a song that will… And it's quite difficult, you know. Like I said, it's very diverse. Okay. Um, so you have to try and fit your, your music into into the format of what radio will play. Which is sad in one sense that you have to kind of conform, but in this country, if you're not on radio, I mean, gigging and performing here and there, it's just not big enough to get a market that will, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we've decided, you know, I'd rather play less shows than, than, than playing all these dodgy little venues to a handful of people every night. <laughs> it's that- not. It's not like in the 60s anymore when you'd perform and there'd be some record executive sitting there listening to you and, you know, it, it's, it's changed. They spot you like in the crowd and those that's day, that. Those days are over, you know. And, wow. I, and I think also our genre is obviously flooded by the, like, overseas markets and everything, cause mm. especially for the English contemporary stuff. Um, and I think we've actually done pretty well as far as our recording yeah, quality. Yeah, pat yourselves on the back, damn it. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> a lot of even, like, friends and, and stuff like that, um, and uh, fans that like Cherry Cab don't even realize that we're a South African band. They kind of hear the song thinking it's a, an overseas band. Um, so I, I think we've we've kind of done the, the recording and our kind of style right, I think. How do you take that, by the way? Because I was having an interesting discussion with someone the other day, and I can't remember what video, music video, we were actually commenting on. But I said, that actually looks good for a South African music video. And this person was talking about how you shouldn't say that and that's bad. And that's pulling our name down. We have a standard. But the truth of the matter is, yeah, you're quite it's right. South Africa. You're quite right. But what's nice is the recording quality is getting better. The musicianship, uh-huh. the, the writing, and then obviously the videos. The videos are looking so good lately. And even some of the songs, you can't tell, you know, where these oaks are from. 
I yeah. think it should be. I mean, a lot of a lot of artists, you know, South African artists, especially, complain because oh, you know, radio is not playing enough South African music. And exactly. They, and I always look at it and say, well, make your music good enough that it, it can compete internationally. You know, yeah. South Africans got this uh, bands have got this idea we can go and spend a few bucks here and mm. go into a dodgy recording studio or even in our bedroom and yes. produce, produce, oh, a, produce yes. a track <laughs> and then get get upset because now radio is not playing it and now it's the radio's fault. It's actually you know, as a musician, you need to set your standard high. You're competing internationally. Yeah. And make sure your product is good enough. And if it's good enough, it will be played on radio. Exactly. That, it's as simple as that. Up your game. That's you guys are preaching to the <laughs> choir here. I'm rooting for you. Because I remember, um, was it this year or last year? I think it was last year when Danny Kay came out with the Brown Eyes video. And there were all these allegations of, no, it's too similar to Robin Thicke's Blurred Lines. But I actually thought the bigger idea here is that Robin Thicke and Danny Kay are in the same sentence. Full stop. That the quality is good, the product overall is at that standard where it can both compete. So I was like, more power to them. We now have the unversed all over in America. They're attending fashion shows in the on the front row. Come on, even <laughs> though they they call them die antword, <laughs> the unversed are still flipping good. Yeah, so absolutely. yeah. So listen, I want to play one of your songs again. They call it's called Head Over Heels. So let's just talk about the song. How did it come about? The songwriting. Well, this is one of those songs that was just written literally in 10 minutes. Picked up the guitar and the chord progression came and the lyrics just came and it was a song that was written very quickly. And it was our first track we recorded and the first track we released and it did well, really well on all the major stations in the country. Um, huh. Except one that I won't mention. But, uh, okay. <laughs> and, and I think but it's one of the band's <laughs> oldest songs as well. Oh, well, it's a, we we, yeah, we recorded it first track and yeah, it did extremely well. So we were quite chuffed with it. How do the songwriting dynamics work? Like, do you guys plan these sessions or will you be out for like lunch and you start writing away on a serviette? <laughs> Most of the time I'll, I'll sit in my home studio and I'll kind of do all the pre-production and write the songs at home. Okay. So I'll come with the just of the song pretty much almost completed and then we'll meet in rehearsal space and each guy will come up. Daniel will come up with a great little guitar lick or a little hook on, on the guitar and Dalton's got his, you know, funky bass line and Dean's got an awesome beat. Yeah. And, and then together, you know, it culminates into a, 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 a cherry cab sound, you know. But most of the time I sit and write the songs. Yeah. I prefer to actually be in my own space, huh. in my own time kind of writing the songs. And then every now and again we'll just be jamming and the song will just be, will just happen on the spot, you know, as a band together. Do you, do you often think like, okay, today we're going to write a song about a hectic good party last weekend or is it just literally any and everything that happens in your life I've never once sat down and decided I'm going to write a song about a particular uh, topic it just wow. literally it, it, it comes to me it, it's something where you know I can't quite explain it you almost feel like the song's already there and you're just kind of tuning into that song um, but it's, it's, it's yeah it's getting all deep philosophical at 9.41 a.m. Jeez. Okay, so if you've just joined in, I'm chatting to Cherry Cab, and you can tweet us any questions you have at cliffcentral.com or send us a message to screen on our WeChat official account. It's Cliff Central. So here's one of their songs. It's called Head Over Heels.
like a like a wonderful rocker now. <laughs> Just feel like I need to say thank you, New York. <laughs> thank Brooklyn. Oh, okay, something. Brooklyn, what up? Do I feel like a rock star now? Do I sort of fit in? You look like one. Ah, you see now you are my favorite person. <laughs> Listen, do you think you guys already have four people? We have the guitarist and the lead guitarist and the drums and the you name it, but you don't have a seer. Do you think seer could sort of like fit in, in the corner there? Or can you play keyboards? Yeah, my thoughts exactly. Oh, Does yeah. play keyboards? Oh, are you guys looking no. for a keyboard player? Yeah, for, well, possibly we can have some rapping right. tunes on there. I mean, oh no, no I don't rap either. Like, so. This guy generalizing rap. like that. <laughs> this is horrible because I mean, you guys are not appealing to anything. Okay, so how about a triangle player? Just well, I, I could keep to the beat like da na 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 da da na. Well, you got a great radio voice, so maybe we can just you can just talk over our tracks. I, I could like, announce you guys at the are. concert. MC. As long as I just have like a chair and I have like the the band jacket and fit in with the cool kids, right? Yeah, we all send all the groupies to you and give him a crew. Oh, okay, yeah. give you a crew T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so listen, a uh, very, very good song, by the way, Head Over Thank Heels. What, what was that all about? And, and how do you feel like you guys have a, when you have written a song like Head Over Heels and has a recurring theme or idea, do you want to channel that throughout the whole album or you just, it's all? We comp- it's, it's basically singles. We're releasing, I mean, from We Got The Power that you played first compared to that track. I mean, We Got The Power is a proper pop tune. It's, it's pop all the way. Yeah. Where that's more I've got a rock flavor to it. Uh, so I just think it's all about the song. Whatever whatever comes to us and whatever we feel is a great song released, we're not really genre specific. Okay. I'm sure that might change later on when you kind of established your sound and see, sees what works. But right at the moment, it's, it's, it's not genre specific and it's just whatever we feel is a great song. We don't try and box ourselves in a particular genre or mm. sound or style. And I think on the album, like if you, know, if you, if you buy an album and you kind of listen from beginning to end, yeah. And you suddenly listen, to, listening to the last song and you're like, oh, is this still the same song? Or, <laughs> you know, you kind of want a bit of variety, you know, so you've got the slower songs, the uh, more rock songs, the uh, kind of faster songs, you know, so a bit of variety, I think, is good in an album. Okay. So since I have you guys, the musos in the studio, who do you guys see as great musicians? John Mayer's one. I can John bring, Mayer. Bring to my yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Dave Grohl. Okay, I don't know him. From Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters. You name. Oh, Foo Fighters are coming John, in South John Africa. Nirvana, okay, you see? Nirvana, I, I somewhat know that. Okay, John Mayer, despite all of his like personal problems and whatnot and whatnot. See, that's shocking. Everyone is like, it's like my mother. She hates John Mayer because, oh no, he broke what's the name's heart. I'm like, you know, listen to the <laughs> because music. Because that matters with the music, right? That definitely matters. <laughs> yeah, no. No, well, it's we live in such a weird culture where if I were to say... Lady Gaga. The first thing you think of are all of her ha- antics instead yeah, of her I, actual I think music. Of her, her you know, steak dress. You see, <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't <laughs> you can't really separate the artist to their public persona, don't you think so? Yeah, it's a big part. I mean, it does it does play a big part. I think you know, uh, in the whole product, and I think it's important how you look, how you present yourself. Um, you know, it's, it's, you have to have the whole package. You know, it's again, it's not the 60s anymore. You can't rock up with your dirty old kind of, I don't know, Metallica t shirt and torn black jeans and long greasy hair. And exactly. Dicky. You know, you need to, I don't know, you need to try and. And as much as you can say at the end of the day, no, it's about the talent and their music. Susan Boyle, who walked onto <laughs> the um, X Factor UK stage and she looked horrible, bless her soul. She has amazing talent, but look at her today. She's been modified. She's been given makeovers, which says she isn't the same Susan Boyle who we met a few years ago. At the end of the day, this is a business and you have to appeal. That's exactly it, the business. It's, and, and, and I think uh, people are so critical, you know, like they, they'll, they'll see you. And if you don't fit into like a specific look or whatever, then they like, you know, just shoot out like criticism. So that's yeah. why, you know, if you, you know, like working with public relations people, you know, they try and, okay, look like this, look like that, because that's what, that's what people like, and they won't criticize you for that, you know? So, by the way, talking about, you know, music and how you just develop, et cetera, et cetera, John Mayer actually covered a Beyonce song. Did you guys know that? XO, yeah. Yes. Awesome. What do you think of that? I dig that. Really cool. Absolutely. Very cool. This is, for those people who, don't, who know it, Beyonce did the song XO. So let's see what John Mayer thinks. Okay. Even in the shadows. Mm-hmm. Am I buying it? Am I not? Kiss me. 
until we wait for the chorus, then we judge. Let's go to the chorus, then we judge, okay? Your heart is glowing And I'm crashing in you All about the song. All about the song, he says. Okay. Before they turn the lights out Before they turn the lights out Oh, baby, love me lights out In the darkest night Okay, John Mayer XO. Is, oh, is that so? Very chill. And we're still John Mayer fans. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you see, since I'm part of Cherry Cab now, like the honorary member, I'll go with whatever you say. Actually, big fans of Katy Perry as well, but uh, don't tell anyone that. Oh, oh. I think she's a great. I think she's a great, great pop tunes. I think it's she's fantastic. Hold no, up, it's, it's John May, pop tunes. John May and Katy Perry, like the song they did together, or just Katy Perry. Uh, no, we, we won't judge you. Uh, <laughs> you know? Look, I'll never forgive Katy Perry for what she did to John Mayer. <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. There was so much emotion in that Like you just wanted to get that out Funny speaks Damn yeah. you Katy Perry Okay Wow Leave my Katy alone yeah. <laughs> Listen let's talk about um, So you guys do have your musical influences And let's talk about a South African band The Parlotones They've been great here in South Africa You know Colorful You name it And I think they were the quintessential example of making of being popular in South Africa and working for the South African market. Absolutely. Yes, they had their own branding and yes, they had their own message, but they still adapted it to the South African markets. And I always personally think that's the key to achieving success in South Africa. Don't push your own agenda, but be accommodative to our market. But anyway, even with all their great success, they ended up going abroad for some time to try and crack into that market is that something that cherry cab would contemplate doing as well absolutely i think every band want, would love to do that um but i'll say again we're just focusing on on the singles hopefully you know trying to get songs that are, can compete internationally i think for a south african band even the top south african bands to to go over to the states or even to the uk and think you're just going to break it and make it as big as you are in this country it's 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 very you know, if, I, know. I think it's also a numbers game because, you know, like, even if you are maybe, like, the, the, the top in South Africa, which is a small pond, yeah, you know, and then you think, okay, well, we're the top, yeah, let's go to America, and suddenly the the pond is not a, it's like a lake now, you know, <laughs> and, like, the, there's just so much other talent there. There's yeah. nine-year-old kids there that can, you know, whip all our asses mm. on instruments. Yeah, <laughs> no, so. That's why the singles, I mean, if we can push the singles and then y y you have a successful single in South Africa and hopefully it does well overseas, then at least when you get overseas, You've got a market that's willing to, yeah, you know, come see you. Road. Yeah. But has the likes of social media eased that path in? Do you feel like you guys have fans abroad, be it Australia, New Zealand, Absolutely. the UK? Yeah. Does we've that? Got, we've got actually quite a big following in Australia and New Zealand, uh, funny enough. Um, as well as Mexico, the great Mexico. thing, yeah, the great thing with iTunes and, and, <laughs> okay. and YouTube is you can see exactly where you're, you know, who's listening to you in what countries. Um, so that it's 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 a great thing, you know. Um, and I think once you know videos are shared and people pick up on certain things, so you can really you know get get broad market with with social media. Absolutely, it's a, it's a, been a big help. Yeah, and where does Cherry Cab as a whole see themselves in the next five years? Sure, a household name. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're working hard. We're rehearsing all the time. We're in and out of studio. We're writing new songs all the time. We haven't slowed down since, you know, we released Head Over Hill. So we just keep working and just hope for the best. Keep the ball rolling. That's yeah. it. Keep that momentum. And, and how's the support from your family and friends? Are any of you married or in relationships where you have to sacrifice that? Well, um, I'm married. Oi. And how's, like, balancing and, family and, and life two, and being and a rocker? Um. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, well, luckily I've got a wife that uh, supports me. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's obviously going to be, it would have been way difficult, you know, if you've got a wife that's like, you always, you know, with the band and, you know, I, I don't like it when you're hanging out with them and <laughs> you know, it's, it's going to make life very difficult. And that's why, obviously, a lot of guys leave the music business because of, like, wives and girlfriends and stuff that are constantly... 
Well, you know, I feel like you because I'm married to my Xbox and I feel like it's permanently nagging me. Lie on the couch and play me, please. <laughs> oh, just such a cock life. Eh? Just <laughs> such a cock life. So much to balance. Back, back to your question. To do this, one has to have a great support base, you know, whether mm-hmm. it is your wife or your family. I mean, Dalton and myself, we've got our brothers and our parents and they constantly on our case about it in a positive way. Um, and then obviously girlfriends and stuff or fiancés. Oh, oh, you know, wait, wait, wait. Is someone engaged or planning to propose? Did I just uncover something? Is this going to be an untapped talent exclusive? Yeah, no, that's me, eh? Wait, you're planning to, to propose? No, propose. Oh, oh damn engaged, it. Yeah, so, oh, you just took the fun out of everything. I saw you like, I could get like the fiance, the girlfriend on the line, then you propose on untapped talent. Like this could be my career defining thing. Well, well, Dalton is single and he's really looking. So if there's any oh. listeners out there, you know, okay. he's really good looking. He's got ads. <laughs> It's just the basis, but I mean. Let's, let's put it out there, okay? You can, where can people find you? At Cherry Cab, right? On Twitter? At Cherry Cab, that's right. And then also cherrycab.com, uh, Facebook, forward slash Cherry Cab Music. Yeah. We've got iTunes and, uh, YouTube, so check us out. Cherry Google Cab. Google is great with Cherry Cab. Google is great. And remember, it's, it's yeah. Cab with a K. Yeah. Yes. And there's an eligible battler there, also in the band. If you aren't interested in the music, you could get married. Either or. You know, we're on picky picky here. So listen, this is Untapped Talent, right? And I always say the premise of this show is to highlight amazing young people or people who are really working their ways to the top. And I always like to talk about that. So on that note, Time Magazine has recently just released their 25 most influential teens of 2014. Now, this is quite a, a... variety of young people um on the list like 13 year old Monet davis um she's a black female athlete that appears on the cover of sports illustrated at the age of 13 wow when i was 13 i was eating crayons (laughs) (laughs) like (laughs) who are you 13 as one of the most influential teens in the world um She's a baseball player, so that's absolutely awesome. Also, the fact that she's cracking such a male-dominated industry. So kudos to her. Of course, Sasha and Malia Obama, are we surprised that they've made the list? 13- and 16-year-old daughters of the Preezy of the United Steezy. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get that? I'm so gangster, aren't I? Can I say that one more time? Obeezy, the Preezy of the United Steezy, yo. Okay, so now I feel very good about myself. Also on the list, Kieran Shipka. She's 14 years old and stars in Mad Men. Um, we also have Jazz Jennings, a 14-year-old trans... I, I never know the lines. She was a boy, and now she's changed, and she is a girl. Transgender, yeah. Okay, there we go. And, you know, it's, she's written a children's work called I Am Jazz, which is vi- loosely based on her life. And she started living as a girl at the age of five. So, you know, it's kudos to her for now making a stand on embracing who you are and actually applying that um, at a young age and being so proud of herself. Rica Rodriguez from Modern Family... Do you know who that is? Manny is it? Yes. (laughs) Awesome. Manny's on the list. Of course. That's so cool. He's like, I want to be like Manny somehow in my life. When I'm big. I think he's absolutely cool. Sean Mendes, 16-year-old. He's a Vine superstar. So just by performing in the six-second videos, he's been one of the most influential teens in the world and also has a new uh, hit single titled Life of the Party. We won't judge the title, right? (laughs) We'll move past that. Uh, Will Smith's son, Jaden Smith, he's 16. He's also on the list. Jaden is on the list because of his tweets. Now, I'm not one to promote, but you know what? Just find him on Twitter. Because some of his tweets, he says things like, anything you see in a magazine is fake. Or once you witness a cycle enough times, you step out of it. I don't know what he That's says. Deep. I don't know what he's Chat. on. But all are mm. deep. <laughs> no, now you need psychiatric evaluation after this. Uh, okay. Yeah. But you know, it's, I'm very, very proud. Uh, and of course, Malala, um, Malala Yousafzai. And I thought I was going to speak about it. But you know, it's been an hour's just gone by like that. But you know, it's, next time on Untapped Touch, we get to talk about this. But you know, kudos to the 25 most influential teens by Time Magazine. And Cherry Cab, most importantly, thank you so much for hanging out with Thanks me. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. You. And I'll see you at our next gig. Awesome. Right? We'll be all up and together. <laughs> but you know what? An awesome, awesome show. It's been an hour. It's just gone by so quickly. This is Untapped Talent right here on cliffcentral.com. Coming up next, Leanne Mole with Heavy Petting. But until then, my name is Sia. See ya.